I appreciate so much uh, a brother who said to me, I am here to worship. I'm just here to worship God. I'm just here to worship God. And, and man, there are, there are so many distractions a lot of times, right, when we come to worship and, you know, things that we have to face, things we have to do uh, are sometimes frustrating and distracting, and I don't want distractions. Are you with me? <laughs> are you with me? I really, in all simplicity, I just want to worship the God who created everything. I want to worship the God and pursue the one who has been patient and merciful. I want to uh, worship the God who has provided a salvation, a salvation that I praise him for every single day of my life. Are you with me? Are you there? And we gather to do just that today, and, and we praise him. I praise God for you all this morning and being able to gather. I praise God for those who are watching us. And I miss, I, I heard uh, Linda spoke to Megan Gefeller, and I miss that lady and her two precious children and her husband. And uh, there's a number of other names. Boy, they just pop up, and my heart kind of sinks because we haven't seen some. So I'm a little, a little emotional this morning. But I got to preach. <laughs> I got to get into the word. We're, we're, we're talking out of second, or not second, first Corinthians. I don't want to lead you astray. First Corinthians. We're in that book. This will help. Uh, first Corinthians. Paul wrote this. We call it a church in progress because when we think about the church, guess what? We're, we're in a work in progress. We put the two together. We are a work in progress. We are growing and changing, and we are dependent on, on everything that God has given, and he has given us everything we need uh, for life and for godliness. He's given us everything, and so we want to be mindful about that and, and how we're living and paying attention, right? We want to be paying attention in order for us, each one individually, but as, as a congregation, to be able to proceed to move forward and to mature into Jesus Christ, right? Are you with me? I need you to be with me. <laughs> I really want you to be with me. Because all that, man, I'm excited about that. I want you to be excited about what God continues to do in you and I. Salvation and the beginnings, absolutely worth celebrating. But do you understand he continues to work on us? Because evidence we see right here in, in Corinthians. Paul didn't just leave Corinth and there you go, have at it. He had a heart for that church and he wanted it to grow. Therefore, he addresses this letter. And, and in the letter, we, we remember he, uh, there in chapter 1, he addresses a problem. And what the problem was division. Uh, the, the people, the, the community of believers all throughout Corinth, not that they met every Sunday together, but they met in homes and they were all over uh, Corinth and, and they were divided not by location, they were divided by, hey, I'm following after this person. I'm following after you, Paul. I'm following after you. And, and another group said, I'm following after Paulus or I'm following after Peter, that apostle Cephas, or I'm following after Christ. They even divided Christ. You know, hey, yeah, we're going the right direction. No, we're going the right direction. And there was division and it was not good. <laughs> and so Paul here in chapter 1, as we know last week, began to deal with that issue. 
And in chapter 2, he deals with that issue. Last week, chapter 1, he deals with that issue by saying, listen, there is the wisdom of God. And it is absolutely contrary to the wisdom of this world. It is today. Do we, do we see it? Man, absolutely. Uh, the wisdom of God and the wisdom of, uh, of this world are absolutely divided. And, and guess what? Corinthians, you are sanctified in Christ. You are, you are identifying with the wisdom of God. And, and guess what? That wisdom of God is Jesus. That wisdom of God is Jesus. That, that life that came into this world that represented God through power and through words and everything else. And, and he, he was able also through the cross. There was the wisdom that seems so defeating. But instead, that cross is the wisdom of God. Because that's where you and I have salvation. That's where the Corinthians were sanctified. That's where you receive your sanctification. That, that you makes you holy before God. Woo, yes, and that's good. So the first part of this, uh, Paul goes to, to speaking about that, uh, that, that wisdom of God that's working in this world. And in chapter 2, chapter 2, all important, he introduces an important topic, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Look at verses 4 and 5 of chapter 2. I do encourage you, if you have your Bibles or even devices, chapter 2 of of, uh, 1 Corinthians, there it says, beginning in verse 4, he said, Paul says, he says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. He kind of said that before, but he reminds him, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So the message that Paul was delivering was a demonstration of of, uh, God's power. And and so in some ways, okay, well, was that the signs and wonders we see often, especially in the beginning of Acts, signs and wonders, healings, whatever, and you go and you read in Acts chapter 18, do that sometime, about the beginnings in Corinth, year and a half there, uh, never refers to a healing, never refers to signs and wonders, anything that Paul did, but it said that his activity was about talking, about delivering that message of the gospel. It was speaking. And, and he, he sat down with those who, who, who were leading and everything else. So, so in that chapter, from what we see at the beginnings of Corinthians, the demonstration of power was absolutely in the message of Jesus and the saving work of Jesus. That's what he had. That's what he spoke to the Corinthians. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit working. Uh, this morning, actually in your outlines, you might see this, and it might even be up there. Uh, the first part of this, uh, says the Holy Spirit works in everybody. We're going to deal with that. But I, I really, can I change something? Is that okay? I'm not going to take a vote or anything like that. But I believe that they're really the, the foundation of what we're about to talk about is this. The Holy Spirit spreads God's wisdom. He brings God's wisdom. He reveals God's wisdom. He opens our eyes to God's wisdom. Uh, and, and, and so that's where I want to focus today, the fact that God, the Holy Spirit spreads God's wisdom. And, and I want to begin here. The first point is this, that the gospel message we received came from the Holy Spirit. The, the, the message that we received 
that this message of God's wisdom, this message of Jesus, this gospel, we receive that from the Holy Spirit. Paul makes the point there in, in verse 4. He said, again, he said, I wasn't, you know, a powerful speaker. And matter of fact, he says, I, I, was, I came without wise and persuasive words. And matter of fact, I, I don't think Paul was a good-looking man. Well, let's put it this way. I don't think Paul was a powerful presence on the stage. And in Corinth, that was important. There's people who are speaking, philosophers, again, go back to chapter 1, verse 20. There's philosophers, there's people who spoke wise word, words that, that would, people would just be in awe. And, and there was also the teachers of the law. And I believe they put their strongest people out front to declare that message. And Paul didn't belong on stage with the rest of them, is what he's saying. It wasn't with eloquent words or power and persuasive uh, messages. Matter of fact, Paul was, was weakness. Matter of fact, Paul, Paul talked about, you know, the thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what that was. Uh, thinking is some kind of a physical disability, more than likely, that just irritated Paul and might have even been unbecoming to other people. But Paul, I don't think, was this person that stood out amongst everybody else and they said, listen to me. But his, his message was, his words were, and today, today, listen, that doesn't change. Whoever speaks, whoever preaches, as we read it in the scripture, it is the message. We can't let that go. That's where the wisdom of God exists, is within the truth of his word. Grasp that and understand that. Paul, in verses 6 and 7, actually identifies this message as a mystery. I think it's important to understand why. Verse 6 says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age. We are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. It, it, so so how, is, how is the gospel message that, Jesus pre, that, that Paul preached a, a mystery? Does that mean it's, it's hidden today and, and oh, man, how, how we, we need some, some spectacular speaker or, or some method or, or means to, to declare it? it? It is a mystery revealed, not a mystery concealed. Today it's a mystery revealed, and Paul's making this point. Matter of fact, he goes back and he, he looks at the people who were involved in the crucifixion of Jesus. The, the, those who were involved. I mean, he went before religious leaders and they crucified him. He went before Pilate and he washed his hands from him. He said, if they truly understood who Jesus was, it would have never happened. So how, how did it become a mystery? Because you go into the Old Testament and it's all mapped out, right? Everything from the virgin birth to the suffering Savior of Isaiah 53. It's all laid out. And we could look back and say, well, there it is. That makes it so obvious. There it is. And there were probably some who were in tune to that. But overall, people were not ready for such a Savior as Jesus. Such a message. So when, when Paul receives a message and he says, this is who Jesus was when he came into the world. He truly was and is because of the resurrection the, the Lord, he is the Son of God. And what he did, God planned out long ago. 
God ordained it, and it happened. It was his plan, so the message is totally his. Who do we give? Who do we boast in? Uh, We boast in the Lord. We boast in because God has provided such a message. He has provided such a salvation, and he is the only means of salvation. Also, think about this. I, I, I just imagine myself at the door as I'm greeting people. I love that. I love that to, to see you all come in. It is so good. I love Sunday mornings. I love to worship. I love to see you. I love to see you folks and, and, and know that you're doing all right. And, and man, do you get a hug here and there? Oops, probably shouldn't be doing that, but that's okay. Uh, I, I love to get those and, and, and it just excites me. And, and I would like to take the opportunity just to, to ask you one question. Okay, tell me the good news. Do you know it? Would, I, I, I talk about it all the time, but would you be able to tell me back, just, just share with me back, what is the good news of God? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost surprised that someone responded. Yay. It is Jesus. It is his coming. And it is absolutely has everything to do with his death, his resurrection, and the salvation that's provided. That's Paul's simple message. It's a message you know and, and, and embrace. Uh, matter of fact, uh, just, just bottom line of this point is the only way that we know this message, we, we understand that this figure so long ago, this significant figure in our lives, uh, is because through the Holy Spirit, he has been revealed and he continues to be revealed in this world and in our lives. Amen? That, okay, easy point. Next point, uh, spreading God's wisdom. Every believer, every believer, everyone who has received Jesus as their Savior, believed and acted upon faith, shares the indwelling of God's Spirit. Bottom line. Everyone who receives Jesus receives the Holy Spirit. This is the point, works in every believer. We are given the Spirit of God. Verses 10 and 12, he he makes this reference. Uh, It's not a great discussion he goes into, but he he, he says, here's what we've received. Uh, And in verse 10, beginning the second part, it says, The Spirit searches all. All things. Understand this. This is God's spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? That's just logical, right? Everybody has a spirit within them, and their spirit knows their own thinking. They know them. They know their motives. They know everything about them. And it says the Spirit of God knows exactly that. And he's able to search the deep things of God, his thinking. Then it says, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 12. This is what we speak. No, excuse me. Verse 12. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Did you hear that? We, haven't re- we don't receive the Spirit of the world. We receive the Spirit of God, this Holy Spirit. Now, uh, when, when Peter preached his message, he identified the Holy Spirit as a gift. As a gift. 
This gift Ollie wanted to open as he got here, right? You, you can understand that because that's what we do when we receive a gift. Let me at it. Let me open it up. Or what's in it and all that. But, but I love the description that the Holy Spirit has given. Matter of fact, if we go to Acts chapter 2 where Peter uh, declared his message, actually through the Holy Spirit spoke about that gospel message, Jesus, his power, and everything else, just made it clear to them, this Jesus whom you crucified, uh, God has made him both Lord and Christ. What did they say? <gasps> what do we need to do? Well, you need to respond. You need to respond. Repent and be baptized, he said. You need, you need that activity of believing and faith. you got to move. you got, you, you got to uh, uh, receive Christ, right? Repent, be baptized. And then what did he say? Then you're going to be forgiven of your sinfulness. The very reason Jesus came, so that you would receive forgiveness of sins. Yay. There's, that's already a gift in itself, isn't it? But that's not it. That's not, I mean, that, that should be, well, we're done, let's go home kind of thing. But that's, that's not everything. He said, and you're also going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What do you do with it? What do you do with it? And this is convicting to me. I, before I sp go on speaking, this is convicting to me. But we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, some rip it open and get very active. Matter of fact, there are, those, there are some abuses that comes with the gift that we've been given. Some go to the extremes of fabricating activity of the Spirit. We see it. Some of those are, are getting quite wealthy off the Holy Spirit. Nowhere do I find that that, uh, that should be happening. Nowhere. Where someone is, I, I see some, some funny, funny things and even statements of becoming drunk in the Holy Spirit. What? Nowhere do I see that happening, taking place. Uh, that's no reference of Acts chapter 2. They, they were speaking in tongues, but they were not in any way drunk. Matter of fact, that was, no, they're not. You know what time of day it is? They're, no, what they have is the Holy Spirit. Uh, laughing in the Holy I mean, I could go on and on to see the fabrication trying to push forward some, so people are feeling and, and they want to show some kind of a power and activity of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and there's a, there is abuses in that end. There's also abuses on the other extreme that, woohoo, what a gift. What do I do with it? And we, whew, boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I'm gonna, I, I, man, it's so wrapped, so nice, I just want to leave it there. And, and part of that thinking is, listen, Ronnie Roberts has the Holy Spirit because, boy, he's handling the Word so he could present it. Or the elders or my teacher or, or, you know, someone mature has the Holy Spirit. But that's not what the gospel, or that's not, that, that's what, not, not what the Scripture says at all. It says anyone who has received Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. So how, in, in some ways, I begin to, to think, well, how do we begin to train people that the Holy Spirit is there and you need to listen to his voice? We, we need to be talking about that. We need to be talking about everyone that has received Jesus has received the Holy Spirit. He, he works in you. He, he, what does he do? Well, he, he creates in you this, this understanding that you have an identity with God. Matter of fact, look, look at verse um, 12 and 13. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God 
has freely given us. Let me just stop there at 12. So that we may, one of, the, one of the activities of the Holy Spirit working in you is so that you understand. You come into an understanding of what God has freely given you. You're not going to forget it. You understand what God has freely given you. I believe very much that, that, that the activity of taking the paper off, opening that gift, and making use of the Holy Spirit has everything to do with listening and, and speaking to God. Listening and speaking to God. What is that? That's, that's coming into it, you know, not being afraid of his scriptures, but embracing his scriptures, reading his scriptures, and prayer. That, through, those, through that activity, through, through being involved in the scriptures and in prayer and in gathering together and being together with other believers has everything to do with us being able to grow and listen, grow in our listening to the Holy Spirit. And, and, the, and, and one of the key things is that he reminds us of what we've received, what we've been freely given from God. Is that complicated or what? That's the, I really believe, foundationally, let's say, here's what the Holy Spirit, he is there to be a reminder of what I have in Jesus. He, he reminds me of my identity in Christ. This is who I am. That's working in you. Now, if we're listening a lot to the world, we're not hearing it. If we're pursuing the things of the world, we're not going to be hearing it. But man, if we're involved in reading the scriptures of, of the very thing that the Holy Spirit's involved in, and in praying before God, lifting up requests, and, and being involved in growing uh, within that community of believers, then that Holy Spirit has an opportunity to be more active, and you have the ability to be more listening to Him. And how important is that? The very mind of God, access to the very thoughts of God, the very instruction of God working within me. It is seriously important for us. I always say, you know, well, which one's worse, the, the, uh, the, the fabricating the Holy Spirit or, or not opening it up and making use of it? And, and obviously... The, the, worst, the worst thing to be involved in is wherever you are. <laughs> you know, wherever you are. If you're abusing the Holy Spirit and, uh, by, by shelving Him and, and just waiting for Sundays, then that's a problem. That, that's a weakness in you. I don't want to be weak in what God has provided for us because He has provided us so much. His Word, His Spirit. He, he's provided the church, that, that body that comes together. He's provided us so much and we have Everything we need for the church to progress. Everything we need to grow and become what God wants us to be. Isn't that what we want? Isn't what we desire? I mean, we come to worship Him. Well, let's follow Him. Let's, let's do and act upon what God wants us to be and to live. Which leads me to this final point. The Spirit gives direction for my life. The Spirit gives direction for my life. Now, obviously... Paul's already made the point in, in chapter 1 that there's a problem in, the, in, in conflict with worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. Uh, the way of the world is absolutely contrary to God's way, his direction. So how do we choose? I mean, we continue to live. You have uh, you know, problems that comes up every day because of what the world offers, but what we know God directs us to do. You know, how do we choose? And when we come up with problems, how do we choose? How do we move forward. How do we live according to God's direction in a world that is contrary to God? 
The spirit that we are given makes judgments about all things. That's what verse 15 says. Listen, listen to these pow- the last two powerful, powerful verses. Verse 15 says, the person with the spirit, uh, the person with the spirit makes judgments about all things. Again, what, who, who has the Spirit? Well, everybody who is identified through Jesus Christ has received the cleansing of His blood. We have all received, and, and through that Holy Spirit, we can make judgments about all things. Woo! <laughs> I mean, that's a great place to begin. It goes on to say, But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Uh, basic, basically, in that verse, it's saying, go back. We've been talking about this. There are judgments that the world is going to have. Uh, and they're going to look at you, and they're going to say, you're foolish. You're foolish for the direction you're choosing. You're foolish for you know, how you spend your time or, 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 or for the, de- the decisions you're making. You're foolish. But, it's, you know, you're following after God. You're following his ways. He's leading you in a direction that is pleasing before him. Because, hey, you've got that, that spirit working in you. Matter of fact, listen how he concludes that whole thought. We have the mind of Christ. Last verse. But as we, uh, but, no, excuse me, but we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. That's a powerful sentence, isn't it? At conclusion, okay, listen, we are able to make these judgments in this world, make decisions. Now, listen, I think I ought to emphasize something. Throughout, throughout the book of Corinthians, there's places where Paul comes and says, you ought to be able to make decisions here. You ought to be able to make judgments. In chapter 5, it's making judgments over those who are, who are flagrantly disobedient within your midst. You ought to be able to, to make judgments for their sake and for the congregation. You would need to be able to identify those people and, and seek to correct them. Also, in, in chapter uh, 14, it goes on to say, you ought to be able to make judgments, discernments amongst those who are speaking on behalf of the Lord. At, at that time, it says prophets, but you ought to be able to make discernments for those who are speaking on, on the Lord's behalf. And, and also in chapter 11, he's, you ought to be able to make judgments to examine yourself as you prepare for communion. As you prepare for communion, that Holy Spirit working in you could help you identify, am I ready, am I prepared? Do I have a grievance with somebody else? I need to, I need to, to ask forgiveness or I need to do something else before I uh, come before this table. That's, we always talk about self-examination. That's what we're doing. Am I prepared? To do this, is there a offense I need to take care of? Now there there are going to be some judgments and things that are difficult. Uh, I'm just speaking out of experience sometimes, and so it requires man searching the Scripture and prayer. And God, please open my eyes to Your Word. Let me tell you about grace. Just that that simple word, grace. In college, I learned how. To define it, the, the the definition of grace is unmerited favor. Woohoo! Got an A on that, uh, you know, that 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 uh, review or that test, right? Did I understand it? <laughs> I didn't understand it completely. Now, I I tell you what, through my life and circumstances I've been through, I, I begin to see God's grace working. Are you with me on that? Do you understand what I'm talking about? So, and, and there are there are times we're in the children's home, 
and, and man, God opened my eyes to see how amazing his grace is. How, how I, in my brokenness, I, in my stupidity and my sinfulness, don't deserve what I'm able to do on behalf of the kingdom. Do you understand who you are? I, I know there's no one in here who could say, man, I deserve God. I deserve heaven and everything else because you don't. Whatever brokenness and sinfulness, I know it's there. And, and, and God, through his precious son, paid that debt in order for us to be kingdom people. Kingdom people. Are, are you kidding me? I could come today and I could worship a God like that. I, I could pursue him and serve him and look to, to do his bidding in this world. Oh man, and want to do it. And love to do it. And it's the spirit of God working in me. He tells me, listen, you have the mind of Christ working in you. My question for you this morning is, are you listening? <laughs> are you listening? It's talking about, listen, listening to his word and, and going before him and, and speaking your prayers before him and connecting to people in the church and, and doing whatever you can to, to be aware of the spirit working in within you. The spirit working within you. Be aware of that. I think that's a great place for us to just say, that's enough, Ronnie. Be quiet. I come to those moments, you know it, where Paul just says, we have the mind of Christ. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you for Jesus always. Lord, man, it draws us together to be your church. Lord, and we want to be effective, not just in being saved people, but being your church, your kingdom, and effective in this world. Lord, we want to understand more and more what you've given us, that wonderful grace that, that comes through the death of Jesus upon that cross. A debt that I deserved and yet is paid. Lord, I pray that we as a congregation will grow in understanding that grace and mercy. And maybe even this is the best time to, to be reminded of that. May it be grace and mercy that leads us forward as a congregation, even in difficult times. Lord, may that bring us to a, an understanding of one another and, and embracing of other, no, no matter what. Loving you, loving people. God, you are so good to us, and we give you praise and thanks. May your spirit, Lord, be strengthened within, within us. Help us, Lord, to pursue the things of listening and speaking to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.